It all starts with an invite. Last year, 2.5 million people around the world tried Alpha. Each one with a different, unique story about how they got there. I was invited by a friend. The girl I work with. My brother. A guy on my football team. My hairdresser. My mum. My housemate. My barber. My mate from school. Personal journeys just like mine begin because people all around the globe invite their friends and family to try Alpha. It all starts with an invite. It all starts with an invite. It all starts with an invite. Who will you invite? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We are here on Alpha Sunday. Today is going to be an exciting opportunity to go ahead and uh, talk about a little bit what Alpha is about and talk about how we can uh, be effective in the world which we live. Let's go ahead and pray first of all. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. Lord, that we give you full permission this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would change us, that we'd be transformed by your word that we be filled with your spirit. And Lord, we would be inspired. We would be given the power to be able to go ahead and live for you out in the world when we leave this place. We thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord. You include us in your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, today is Alpha Sunday. Alpha Sunday is a special day. Uh, we run uh, the Alpha course a couple of times a year, and we're, we're hoping that we would inspire you to be able to think about joining the Alpha Course and uh, bringing a friend. Um, today I have three goals. Number one, that you would know what the Alpha Course is, because some of us are like, what? What is that? What is this whole thing about Alpha? And then number two, uh, we would be motivated to live for Jesus, as he calls salt and light. And we'll go into that later. And then you would prayerfully consider who you might invite to an Alpha course. You'd prayerfully consider who you might invite. So what exactly is the Alpha course? Well, if you want to go ahead and pull out your bulletin, uh, there's a special bulletin today uh, talking about um, a whole bunch of good stuff inside about the Alpha course. And there's a flyer in here. It's a trifold piece and you can open it up and I'm just going to go through it real briefly. You know, what is the Alpha Course? The first flap says it's a series of eight sessions that provides an opportunity for anyone to explore the Christian faith. It's relaxed, low-key, friendly, and fun. It's a course supported by all main Christian denominations. Listen, learn, discuss, and discover. Ask anything. Alpha is a place where no question is too simple or controversial. After dinner and a short talk, everyone breaks up into small groups to discuss any questions or issues anyone might have. This gives an opportunity to get to know each other and learn together. Then the middle part says, who is Alpha for? Everyone. Alpha is for everyone. But it's especially for people who are curious about Christianity maybe new Christians, or those who want to deepen and understanding their faith. And today we're going to have a few people who went through the Alpha Course come and share their testimony about what they've experienced. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, you, you can see here, you can just sign up. You can get in touch with me by email. Give me a call. And we'd love for you to come along. Uh, the next course is starting. Uh, it's on the back portion. It says, the fall... 2015 schedule is uh, starting on September 2nd. So that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to do eight weeks, eight sessions, and it runs until October 21st. So it's Wednesday nights out in Heine area and a beautiful beach home. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So please consider coming along. And uh, more importantly, who you might invite. So that... That sounds like fun, you know, it's been such a blessing for me to be a part uh, of leading Alpha, being a part, my wife and I, Vanessa, 
We experienced it when we were studying in England, and it was so great. It really changed the way that I viewed reaching out to people, making it easy and fun, because it's so hard, right? So I just say, Lord, let's just be a part of this, and I'm so honored, and I would love for you guys to prayerfully consider doing that as well. So it's a lot of fun, but you know what's not a lot of fun? Um, this thing. Is there any teenagers in here? Do you know what this is? It's called a newspaper. Okay, so my wife just ordered it from the Star Advertiser. I don't know if anybody works there, but uh, I would not order paper. It just kind of goes into the trash. But she said it was like a dollar or every Sunday or something, and she said she couldn't say no to the person who called her up. <laughs> I, I heard her talking. She was like getting suckered into it. But, you know, my wife is so gentle-hearted. So we get this, and I sometimes the first week I ran it over, and I thought I ran over a cat <laughs> backing up, coming to church Sunday morning. Has anyone ever done that? And I'm like, oh, what is that? And uh, thank goodness it was just a Sunday paper. But you know what? Do you guys want the good news or the bad news first? The bad news? <laughs> Who said that? Who's a bad news first kind of person? Okay, Cheryl? Well, <laughs> well, there's only bad news in here, so there's no good news, and uh, I think the good news comes with a different kind of a book. Um, anyway, taking a look at the paper, you see right here, it's always bad news in the paper. You look on the news, you know, people get their news from the internet or wherever they get it from now. But, you know, we have a major homeless crisis going on in Honolulu, in Hawaii, right? And so you see here, uh, there's some families, there's some churches, praise the Lord. There's uh, different organizations who are helping to reach out to the people who live in Kaka'ako, right down the street, um, at the Kaka'ako camp. And so, kind of a cool story, but so sad, because you drive through there, the tent city, you start you seeing all these... Um, families and children and everything else. And, you know, you just thumb through the paper and take a look at all these different stories, the world events. You know, there's tons of coupons in here. It's like falling out left and right. But, uh, you know, you just open it up. I haven't even opened it up, you know. It's like you start to see all this stuff about uh, there's a massacre going on over there. The Middle East is in, in shreds. And, you know, just think about all the different things that are bad news and this is stuff that we see every day right in hawaii like i said we have the homeless problem the cost of living my dad keeps telling me all week long do you know the average price of a home is seven hundred thousand dollars he told me like, like 50 times in a row i said yeah dad you told me he said how are you going to afford to live here in hawaii when you get older i was like yeah I, i'm i'm not sure i don't know you know and then uh, you start to see we have like the second worst traffic in the nation. That's just locally, right? Just a few things. I can go on and on and on. Now, I'm not bitter for losing election, but... <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's true. We need a lot of help and we need a lot of prayers for Hawaii. Amen? God is not done with Hawaii, but we, ha we need a lot of help. Okay, look at America. You look at nationally, you start to see the moral decay of our nation, right? Can you see it happening in front of your eyes? Or is it the same? No. I, you know, there's uh, people who, uh, especially the baby boomer, boomer generation and then above that, the greatest generation, you start to see, could you imagine how far, what they've seen in their lifetime? The moral decay, what's going on? So you start to see exponential national debt happening, right? We're all going to hit 20 trillion soon. You know what's after a trillion? Any, you know, you got billion, trillion. What's after a trillion? Quadrillion. <laughs> Just a little fun fact. But I wouldn't be surprised, okay? We, anyway, we're going into 20 trillion. We have racial tensions. We have violence. You look around the world. What do we see? We start to see terrorism. You know, we see ISIS in the Middle East doing horrific, gruesome, the worst of the worst of the worst. Did you ever think it would get to be that terrifying? That bad? You know, there's so much going on even 
around the world, we don't even see it on the news. The news is not really the real news. That's not God's news. Okay? If they put everything on the news, I don't think we could bear to see it or know about it. Right? We have talk about nuclear weapons. We have refugee boats sinking with hundreds of people on it, trying to make their way to Europe. Just thing after thing after thing. We live in a dark world. Is that a, is that a true statement? Would you say that? We live in a world filled with darkness. It's true. We live in a world corrupted, what the Bible says, by sin. We live in a dark world. You know, sometimes we fool ourselves. You know, we can go to our jobs and we go eat ramen and it's fun and we, you know, can do all kind of cool stuff and we're happy. But look at the reality of what is going on in today's world. It's not just about us, right, and how good we have it. Look at what is going on around us. It doesn't seem to be getting better, does it? Do things seem to be improving or getting worse? Getting worse, right? Darkness seems to be increasing. So what do we do as Christians? What do we do as believers? How are we to behave in this world? How are we to live in this world? Should we just hide out? You know, a lot of times I think we say, let's just bunker down as Christians. We're just going to you know, stay around one another and wait for Jesus to come back. And Jesus, come back soon. And I do pray Jesus comes back soon, but thank God because he's, he's waiting so that more people can come to know him. It's the only reason why he's waiting. So should we just hang out, huddle up before he comes? What is the answer? What does the Bible say about overcoming the darkness around us? And is there a way for us to be a part of turning things around? I believe the answer to that is yes. But how are we to respond to a lost and dark world? Well, let's go ahead and if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus goes through the Sermon on the Mount. And we're not going to go through the whole sermon. But this is the most amazing sermon people said that has ever been preached. You know, you, the ethics, the highest of the high of ethics and morals in the Sermon on the Mount. A new way to live. A way for a Christian to live. And a lot of times it's the upside down world. It doesn't make sense. Jesus is talking about blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek. Now, blessed are you when you are persecuted. And Jesus invites us into a lifestyle that we're to live. How are we to react in a lost and dark world? You can find it right there in the Sermon on the Mount. You can maybe go ahead and read through it today when you go home. Okay, we're going to concentrate on Matthew chapter 5 starting in verse 13 though. Okay, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Wow, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So what was Jesus talking about when he said, you are the salt of the earth? Well, um, a lot of you know, you know, you've heard it before in different sermons and history class that, you know, salt was very valuable commodity back in Jesus' day. In first century, uh, you know, salt was even um, used to pay Roman soldiers. And they said they used to give them like a monthly stipend of salt called a salarium. And that's where you get the word salary. And so, you know, salt was so important back in the day. It was used as a preservative. It was used to, of course, make things taste better, flavor things. And it was very important. No refrigeration back in the day, so you got to salt your stuff. And we still salt stuff. You know, uh, traveling on mission trips to Central Asia, they still use that as a preservative. A lot of times with salted fish, which is super good. Um, salted meats, you know, you get lihingmui, salty seed, whose saliva glands are going right now you know you suck the salty seed Ooh, you know you get that little pain back here anyway so i'm a salty foods kind of guy right and salt preserves salt makes things taste better you know you put 
plenty salt inside of your pasta when you cook. Um, you know, some people like more than others. I like it really salty. You've got to put Hawaiian salt on the steaks when you grill the steaks. Um, salt is great how it just enhances and brings out flavor of food. Now, when we're talking about people being salt of the earth, what does that mean? A lot of times we think, oh, those are the people that live in where, like the Midwest? <laughs> you know, oh, they're real salt of the earth kind of people right? Or they live in Iowa. I don't know. Is that what we're stereotyping nowadays? Salt of the earth. But the people who live in New York and California, no, no, they're not salt of the earth, right? They're city heathens. No, but (laughs) anybody can be salt of the earth, salt of the earth, as far as uh, what Jesus is saying and uh, what the Bible is saying. And so the Bible is saying People who are salt of the earth are people who are preserving. People who are flavoring. People who are bringing value to the world around them. Amen? Get it? Preserving, flavoring. That's salt of the earth. Are you a salt of the earth kind of a person? Yes, that's what we should be striving for, okay? So that leads us to our first point. Jesus teaches us how to respond to the lost and dark world. Number one, you can write this in your bulletin. You are salt of the earth, so don't lose your flavor. Don't lose your flavor. See, God wants us to get into the lives of others. He wants us to get all up in people's business. He wants to get us to be involved in what our friends and what our family and what our coworkers are doing. You know, somebody who's really like nosy and likes to un- get, get, you know, you're not the person who's really aloof. Oh, you don't, that person doesn't talk much. No, you got to get all up in their business at the office, in your home, right? With your group of friends, any circle of influence. God wants you to be somebody who is involved in their business. He wants you to make sure that their lives aren't spoiling. God has created everyone in the image of God, of himself. He loves every person he created. But you have this whole group of people, people walking the path to destruction. The road is wide that leads to destruction. But the road is narrow that leads to life. So many people are spoiling. You see it? They're spoiling. Their lives are done. That's it. Eternal darkness, separation from God. God wants us to be people who are preserving them, who are adding flavor into their lives. Salt of the earth, don't lose your flavor. When you go to work, how are you going to flavor your workplace? Or are you just going to blend in? Lose your flavor. When you go back home with your children, with your brother, with your sister, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, can you bring the flavor of Jesus into their life. How? Think creatively. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the ideas. How can you love on them? Bring flavor into their life. To bring the flavor of Jesus. When you're hanging out with your friends, do you just blend into their conversations? All that kind of stuff. When you go to movies, when you watch at home, when you're doing stuff on the internet, is it just like the rest of the world is doing? Or are you bringing the flavor of Jesus onto your Georges does a great, he has the best Facebook account in the whole world. Georges is the best. He brings so much flavor to the, his friends and his family around him. He's just representing Jesus 24-7. I want to be like that. I want my faith. I don't even know how to post stuff hardly. I'm learning. Georges, you got to teach me. But you know what? He's bringing so much flavor of Jesus into his friends and family. We've got to be like that, whatever we're doing. And I'm guilty, like I said. I'm like salt that has lost its flavor so many times. And you know, um, like I said, there's flavor salt, like salt that's really um, still good. Okay, put some of this. I, I can eat salt all day long. You ask my wife, you can get this and a lemon. I pour it on a lemon. We leaking moist, stick the leaking moist inside the lemon, right? Pour salt all over it. Mmm. Uh, I like that stuff. Okay, I need my water. No, okay. Okay, and so flavored salt. I, I'm a salty guy, right? And then what about salt that has lost its flavor? What about salt? Has anyone experienced, has anyone had salt go bad in their cupboard? Nobody? I have. 
And it's terrible. It's like I didn't know that salt could even lose its flavor. So, um, you know, you're in the process of moving and you clean out the very back of the cupboard and you pull out uh, the, the salt shaker and you, what, there's no, what is, what's wrong with this salt? My wife said, I didn't know salt could lose flavor. It can, it can lose flavor. So, you know, you got some of this good salt, put some of this good stuff on there, right? Where Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, right? And then, you know, you've, somehow you, you come upon that salt that's been sitting in the back of the cupboard five, ten years, right? No taste, right? It's like, you just, oh, it's just, there's nothing. It's like, so you can eat as much as this as you want. You won't even get sick, no high blood pressure, okay? <laughs> can you guys see back there? So what if you pour like this flavorless salt? useless there's no flavor in it what am i going to do with this what should i do with this just throw it away right it's just useless so here i am got a whole bunch of salt but it's covering up you know the good salt this is what jesus said about flavorless salt right in luke chapter 14 he said it is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile it is thrown out. It's neither fit for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. In our scripture, Matthew 5, it said, and trampled by foot. Do you see what Jesus is saying? This flavorless salt? When our lives as Christians lose its flavor in the culture around us, guess what? We're not even fit for the soil. You can't even put it in soil because it's going to ruin the soil. You can't even put it with the manure pile. Manure is more important and more valuable than this flavorless salt. Do you see what it's saying? A pile of is more valuable than that. But do you see what God is trying to say? He's using, using really graphic language. He's saying, I just got to throw it out. Trampled by foot. Not even fit for the soil or a manure pile. But that's what my life can look like a lot of times. A lot of times, I'm just coming to church. I'm just along with my Christian life, just doing my life. No concern for what God wants. Not flavoring the people around me, more blending in. Do you see how it just blends in together? Can you see which is the good salt, which is the bad salt? No, it looks the same. What, what do you have to do? Taste it. Taste it. You know what? We've got to pray that we would be people full of flavor. Don't lose your flavor, Christian. Don't lose your flavor. You are the salt of the earth. Make sure you don't lose your flavor. Spend time with Jesus. Spend a little time every day in the Word, praying. Ask God, make me a salty Christian. You don't want to be that flavorless salt. Amen? Okay, number two, point number two, Jesus continues to invite us in to this lifestyle of being salt and light, to live differently. He continues, verse 14, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So number two, you can write in your bulletin, you are the light of the world, so shine for God. Shine for God. I don't know if you've ever experienced what it's like to be in total darkness, you know, where you put your hand in front of your face and you cannot see it. Has anyone experienced that? Yeah, it's just kind of freaky, yeah? It's like, whoa, I feel, you feel like you're in space or something. You just, there's nothing. Like, you almost don't even exist. Like, your body's gone. Like, whoa. And I was in the lava tubes. You guys go, ever go down there by Sandy Beach? By, uh, what is it, Bamboo Ridge? And you crawl under the highway. You know, I grew up my whole life out that side and surfing at Sandy's and hanging out. And then it took me for my wife to come. She, she's not from here. 
And then when we started dating, she like took me, hey, have you been to Lava Tubes? I was like, I didn't even know they existed. Do you guys not know they exist? Anyway, so we go into the highway, and, and in nighttime, we're going out there, yeah? And we're in the lava tube, no flashlight, yeah? And like, oh, man, it is so dark. But when you get out, you're like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Awesome. Total darkness. Scary, right? But what do you need when you're in the middle of the lava tube and you can't see the end? There's total darkness. What do you need? You just need a little cell phone light, right? You just need a little uh, match. You could use a little flashlight, and it lights up. Just a little light will make the darkness, what, flee. Light always wins over darkness. You know, the problem in our culture is not the extreme darkness. It's a lack of light. It's a lack of our light, Christians. Do you see what's going on? It's not the fact, the darkness. Darkness can never win over light. Just a little light will make the darkness flee. Let your light shine in the darkness. Let your light shine in the darkness. You know, uh, my wife and I, we, like I said, we learned about the Alpha Course in England. And when we were there studying, one of the exercises they had us do in the theological college I was studying at was they sent us into the city of Cambridge and they made us like take a Christian poll trying to meet non-Christians. So not a Christian poll, but what do you think about God? Like who do you, do you believe the Bible? Just asking them all kind of different questions, like a survey. One of the people I met was a Muslim man. His name was Imran. Imran was Pakistani. His family did uh, rice. Uh, not salt, but rice. And they uh, had immigrated to England past 10 years or so. And uh, Imran and I hit it off. And so I said, hey, you know, want to hang out some other time? Let's go to coffee. And we started meeting once a week, going to coffee. Tea, I think it was. <laughs> and uh, sometimes... Uh, we meet in the coffee house. Sometimes he'd come over and uh, we would just talk a story about all kinds of things. Well, Imran came to me one day when he trusted me enough. We became friends and he said, Max, you know, uh, there's a, there's, you know, my wife, she, we lost a baby. She was pregnant and she was walking down the street one day and this is where it got a little weird. He said, I, all of a sudden, uh, my wife said she felt two hands come around her stomach, and a voice whisper in her ear, I'm going to kill your baby. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay. Whoa, this is getting heavy. But see what happens when you trust somebody trusts you? So, and he said, it wasn't soon after that that the baby actually died. So um, he said, um, you know, that, that just really freaked me out. And he said, another thing, we were watching a soccer match, I was watching it downstairs, and my nephews were upstairs, and my wife was upstairs, and all of a sudden, my nephews came running down the stairs, screaming their heads off, saying, um, Auntie's face has changed. Auntie's face has changed. And when he looked and he saw her face, it was somebody else's face in her face. Okay? Freaky, right? <laughs> what do you say to that? So I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm thinking, okay. Lord, give me the right words. And I say, you know what, Imran? The Bible says that Satan is a real person. And he's out to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he's real. Says God is real, Satan is real. And there's such thing as demons. And you know what? I think Satan and demons, they're trying to come after your whole family. And they'll do whatever it takes. And this is a Christian talking to a Muslim person now, right? And so what I told him, and I just was straight up because I knew he was coming to me with some real fear. I said, the Bible says in the name of Jesus, every demon has to flee. It's an automatic. Has to. Jesus, boom, gone. Demons out of here. So I said, you know what? Let's just pray in the name of Jesus that you would follow Jesus, that you would follow him and cover your whole family with the protection. And you know what? He wasn't at that point. He said, Max, I can't do it because I'm a Muslim. And I said, you know what? This is, this is real stuff. I'm going to pray for you. And I prayed for him. But he couldn't get there quite yet. But I prayed for him, protection over him, a blessing over him. And you know what? He was just so touched. He wasn't a Christian yet, right? But I, you can still pray for them. 
just trying to bring some light in his life, light. Well, he comes over to, uh, at the end of the semester. We were like, I, we just had Miley, our oldest. She was born there, and she was probably a week old. And we're leaving England soon, a couple of weeks, I think. Anyway, it's summertime. The weather was gorgeous compared to the rain and fog and everything. And he calls me up and he said, Max, um, Bushra is his wife's name, finally wants to meet you. She, we always invited her over. She never wanted to come over. And I was kind of like, okay, because I don't know if I want that over in my house. But we can meet somewhere else. And she said, I want to come over. And I said, oh, we got a baby now. You know your first baby? Who has just had their first baby here? Weird parents, yeah? People with first babies. They're so not normal, right? They take ultra care of the baby. Second one, ah, third one's already, anything goes. But I have a new baby, I'm like, no, oh, can You know what? Let's meet outside, we'll picnic. I don't want that stuff in my house. And I told Vanessa, do not bring Miley around Bushra. I said, keep her away. You know And so we're all out there picnicking. She comes over, Imran Bushra. Vanessa's friend is there, her really good friend, strong Christian. Come over, and we're talking, start eating all the picnic-y stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to Imran, and I look, the women are gone. Where did they go? They went in our house. <laughs> They're in the house, and I'm thinking, oh no, it's like going to get cursed, the devil, like all this demonic activity. And I'm thinking, oh man, well, so... We go in there, we're talking, they're all talking about clothes, and since Vanessa was leaving, she was giving a lot of her stuff. Well, guess what? The news was, Bushra was pregnant again, so she could give her some of that stuff. She just gave her some of the other clothes that she wasn't going to take back, so she, we could travel later. By the time she left, she had a whole bag full of stuff. Bushra, Vanessa, and Vanessa's friend, all just talking stories. She never had any kind of Western friends. You know how isolated sometimes they are, yeah? The Muslims really stay isolated with their own. So they, they became friends. By the time they left, a couple hours later, Imran and Bushra are at the front door. Bushra is crying. She's just crying. Why? Because she sensed the light. She sensed the light of Jesus. Amen? She sensed... They, they didn't become Christians, but she sensed there was something awesome there. Truth, love. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Let your light shine in the darkness. Excuse me. There's friends, there's family members <coughs> that don't know the Lord. And they might not tell you, but when they go to sleep at night, because I've been there, <laughs> maybe you guys have been there too, they're wondering, <laughs> what is going on in the world around me? They read the papers, they see the news, and they're thinking, what is going on? How am I going to make it through this? <clears throat> What's going to happen to my kids when they get older? <laughs> How dark is the world going to be then? See, let your light shine in the darkness. Live for the Lord. His light lives in you. Let it shine. Don't hide it. Put it on a stand for everybody to see. Don't be shamed. Go for it. That leads us to our third point. Number three, Jesus is the light of the world, so follow him. You know, John eight twelve says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, this is his promise, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. No matter how dark the world gets, but we'll have the light of life. And you know what? The Alpha Course is a great way to help people to follow Jesus. And that's what it's all about, to spread your light. Right now, I'm going to have um, uh, Kareen and Sue. Yeah, there's Sue. 
All right, and can we get them a microphone? And we're going to have uh, Kareen and Sue. Can, let's give them a hand. Oh, is Kendra coming up too? And Kendra coming up. Come on up. They're going to let their light shine. They're going to explain a little bit about how they're taking steps. And we got to learn it. We got to practice it to being salt and light and how the Alpha Course has uh, been a part of that. So <laughs> come on up. All right. So <laughs> who wants to go first? Make Kendra go first. She's new. She's never been at our church before. Thank you for coming. All right. So, um, yeah, just uh, going to do like an interview kind of thing, and then I'll let whoever wants to speak um, can go ahead and, and speak. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you attended the Alpha Course for the first time, and uh, I was actually like surprised to see you guys there. I was like, yeah, super stoked. And um, you're a friend of somebody who used to come to this church and uh, who was um, Danielle, but she had recently moved you came to easter and you heard about the alpha course then um and then you gave it a try but uh can you uh kareen and sue maybe started us off and explain why did you come <laughs> um my two daughters go to a church that had the alpha course and uh, so they went through the course and then they got trained and uh, facilitated and they were so excited about it and so when i told them that oh we're going to have Alpha at KCF. They said, Mom, you got to go. Uh, so that's why I went. Plus, um, Kareen said that she would go if I would go, so we went. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Okay, well, for me, um, when I was watching one of those videos um, that one Sunday, and I don't know why, but God just spoke to my heart to go. And I was like, why would I want to go? Because I don't <laughs> like to do anything, you know, that's not working or not taking care of the family because I don't have mm. time for anything. So <laughs> I thought, what? You know how God speaks to your heart. And then so I said, oh. And then so I was like, why would I want to go to this? You know, I'm already a Christian. But I thought, I don't know why God made it clear to me, you have to go to this. So I just looked at Sue and then I'm like, do you want to go to this? And then she's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe um, go for another question. Uh, when you went to the Alpha Course, what was it like? And how did it, did it change the way you viewed anything? Um, first of all, I had good food. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have to cook. That was really good. Um, it's true. The, the thing that uh, I think I take away from being an Alpha is that it is a really safe place for anybody to share, uh, no matter where you are in your walk. If you've been a Christian for a long time, or you're searching, or you're brand new, um, it's just an open forum, and it's a very, very safe place to bring up any question you might have or any issues. And then the discussion just kind of goes back and forth. Uh, and if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to. There was a time when um, somebody asked a question, and the uh, discussion went so deep. I told Corrine, I had a headache. I could not follow the discussion, so I didn't say anything. But I didn't feel like I had to, because that was the sort of environment that we were in. You didn't have to say anything if you didn't want to. Um, I guess for me, like... <clears throat> on our way down, me and Sue always talk about, like, what's for dinner? That's our first question, because <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> and um, I just, when we got there, it's something that we were looking forward to every week. I don't know why, but usually, you know, when you have to go back for eight weeks, you know, you're thinking, like, oh, another yeah. week. But for us, this was, like, the one thing in our week that we kind of look, looked forward to. And so, um, to me, it was like, it's a non-threatening way to introduce Christianity to your friends or family. <clears throat> That's, I don't know, my voice gets like that when I talk. But anyway, um, I just, um, like sometimes when people, when you invite people to church, then they have a hard time understanding the pastor because they don't, they never open the Bible or they don't really understand, you know, Christianity. And so, um, like my friend at work, 
he's like, he never opened the Bible ever in his life. And he asked me one day, because I was going to this Alpha course, I was trying to explain it to him. Then he had all these questions, and he says, well, I don't understand, like, what is the light? And I'm like, the light? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? It's like, everybody knows what the light is, right? But like, people who never open the Bible, they don't know what the light, but I didn't really know how to explain it to him, because I was thinking, the light. And you talked about it, and that was a good explanation, you know? But I'm like, well, the light, when you go to heaven, like you see the light, or I don't understand what you mean. So I was trying to make him come to this course, but of course, you know, he's afraid to. But if you ever have anyone who's a non-Christian, this is really a good course, because you go there, you don't even pray for dinner, you know, you just, you're with all these people that have questions of life, you know? <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. And you don't feel like threatened, like you don't know the Bible, because I don't know the whole Bible, you know? <laughs> so I don't know, I really enjoyed going to this course. <laughs> hmm. And so this is Kendra Botel. Yay! <laughs> it's like her second or third time here, <laughs> and she's on stage. <laughs> she's like, I'll come, but you better not make me speak. <laughs> they, you can blame them. But, uh, yeah, Kendra, is there anything that you want to say, um, just how the course uh, affected you? Um, mm -hmm. I guess kind of like what Corinne and Sue have said, I came um, from, I grew up Catholic, so I know some things about the Bible and some things about Christianity, but um, after coming to the Easter service, I wanted to know more about Christianity and have an opportunity to ask the questions and have people be supportive of that. Um, and definitely the Alpha Group was that opportunity because I could say anything and I didn't have to worry about people being like, that's a dumb question <laughs> or why would you ask that? It was like a very open discussion for anything. And then we would talk about it for a while and you'd see other people would have the same question or have something to add. So it was just a really welcoming um, place to go and not being a Christian for life. It was so nice to meet people and everybody was so kind and so welcoming. So I really looked forward to going back week after week and just learning about Christianity and God and watching the videos and just talking to other people and I made a lot of friends doing it and that was really great so and your husband your husband Jake he's uh, leaving on submarine tomorrow yeah uh, so they they actually joined our new small group that we started so that's awesome and we yeah. got a chance to pray for Jake but ha has it helped your guys uh, marriage or your even your relationship with God in any way the Alpha course um, help with that I think I definitely feel a little closer to God like I I pray a little bit more and with my husband and I we would we were in different small groups in the alpha course and we'd get in the car to drive home and we'd be like what did your group say about this and what did your group say about that and it was great because we never really had that many discussions about God and religion and here we were every week <laughs> talking about it like Maybe we should talk about this more. Wow. <laughs> it was really positive. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Kendra. Any other last words? Maybe word of encouragement to anybody who's thinking about coming or um, inviting a friend? Um, I would say even if you've been coming to church for a long time, because I have, um, you should really uh, try this because it, the format is unlike anything I think you've ever experienced. Well, for me it was. Um, and it was very, uh, it was a really positive experience. We made friends. Um, you sit down with people who you see at church maybe, but you don't get a chance to really talk to them. And over dinner, you get to know them better. And, um, and for us now that we know what Alpha is, when we invite someone, we can tell from experience that it is going to be good. Awesome. And um, for Sue and I, what we got out of this course was that you can meet once a week with one person, two people, or a whole small group. And um, you have a small, like, you can pray for yourself or for your family or friends. And um, we, we have a Bible study, just me and Sue. And I guess Alpha, of course, has taught us that you can meet once a week for a couple of, 
couple of hours, and you can just um, study the Bible or ask questions to each other and just have your own little alpha group at home, you know? And we really enjoy that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so if you have a chance to come to this, you should at least try it once, because that's what I thought I was going to do, <laughs> just go once, but I ended up going for the whole thing. Um, bring a friend, you know? Even for the young college people, you know, it's really, really a good place to open up and, you know, ask questions. Because if I have a lot of questions, I'm sure the college people have a lot of questions. Yeah, I think we all do. Hey, can we give them a huge hand? Thank you. That was so bold of you guys. All, all three of you. Great job. Oh, see, and Ken? No, I just like to say <laughs> hi to my kids because I never come up on stage. Only Neil comes up on stage. <laughs> take picture, take picture. <laughs> Great job. Awesome. Oh, okay. Neil wants to say something too. Yeah, all right. Come on up here. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to just, uh, just recognize a lot of the alpha stuff going on because usually um, I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of leading. We do a lot of stuff at church. But lately in this season, uh, I got to watch my wife and Sue kind of step up. And that, that a lot had to do with, you know, Max. You know how Max is such a good guy. He's like, hey, come on, you guys. And a lot of guys get involved. And I got to watch this thing happen. And I'm really, really busy at work right now. And a lot of times, Kareen and Sue would come home and I'd like try to be sleeping. And Kareen would just come and talk and <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> Hey, you know what happened today? And you know what we talked about? And, and it was really, really something that I had never expected to see developing out of Kareem. And one of the things I really want to tell you guys is, this is a way to really cheat. I mean, <laughs> a lot of you guys like to win. This is a great way to cheat because there's two things I learned. One is, I didn't grow up a Christian. And so when I hear all the stuff going on at Alpha, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I mean, I have no clue. I had, you can ask, when Karina and I went to church, I didn't know nothing that was going on. I didn't know what the singing was about. I didn't know why the Bible had so many sticky chapters. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what was going on, right? And so this is someplace that people who don't know anything can ask every single question. But you guys, I noticed and I realized, I'm so blessed. You guys, we, we got to go out like Max is saying, and we, we try to influence and help people and pray for them. But this is a way to cheat up because I realized by watching them, you just invite people to talk. But I noticed when I went to, to meet with them, they're close. That's cheating. They're super close. And, and as people get close, they have easy time. They go, where are you going to go Sunday? I go to church. You guys know like go to church. That's what we're talking about. And they end up coming. Why? Because they feel, oh, you're going to go. I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. That's what God does with all relationships, yeah? He draws people close in a relationship. Love is the basis of who God is. Mm -hmm. And as you get trust and love, I'm watching Kareen and that group. I walk in for the first time and they're all connected. They're not super strong Christian. They're not any super, but they're connected. And the connection is what brought people in. I watch that stuff and I'm like, I'm blown away by, by Max. Mac. I have a picture of Max with his water gun. They're shooting each other with the, the pool. <laughs> what is this? But they're so close and that, that's great. If we could make 10, 20 of those in a lifetime, can you imagine how much people would trust each other? And what are you doing? Hey, let's go do this. Hey, we're going to go help the homeless guys. Hey, that's something we can do. We do them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So I, I just wanted to say something just real quick and just say, I'm just so blessed by watching what has come out of this thing. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you guys to do it because it's an easy way. Because I can go. I can invite people because I don't have to blame myself. Right? Like, hey, you can come eat, figure this out and get to know some friends. Yeah? It's easy for, uh, an easy way to do that. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to let them know that. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Alpha, it's the first things, and it's easy, and it's designed to be easy. And, you know, uh, whether it's inviting somebody to church, a small group, to lunch, whatever it is, uh, we ask that you, Alpha is just one tool, but it's a great tool. So what can you do to an extend an invitation to be salt and light in somebody's life? Uh, you can go ahead and just simply text them. I text maybe like 100, 200 people asking them, uh, hey, would you like to come to Alpha? Only like uh, maybe a handful of them came, right? But you know what? Throw the net big. So you can text them, call them. Hey, when you see somebody, you can actually invite them with your words. You can just go ahead and invite them. Also, take a look in the bulletin. You pulled this out, right? This is an invitation. So this is not for you. You can use it for yourself, but why don't you give it away? We got plenty more though at the welcome table, at the alpha table. And if you want the business card type, we got plenty of these. So you just grab as many as you want, but you make sure you give them out. Don't grab them and then let them go and sit in the back seat of your car and throw them away, okay? Because they're expensive. <laughs> okay, so 
Uh, we got the invitations, right? You, social media like George's, you know, you can put it out. Jared does a great job on the KCF website. If you look on the back of the bulletin, you're going to see all of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, accounts and all that. And this is the address. And so what you do is you become friends, I think, with the page. And then you go ahead and just take a look at what you like. And you can just share it. You know, I shared it for the first time last night. I think I did it correctly. And I'm trying to use those platforms, all these people I know, to go ahead and help them to know, hey, you know what? There's this thing called Alpha. Come and try it. I want to invite you. So um, finishing up, because we're getting to be that time. Who will you invite? Not just to Alpha, but who will you invite along on your journey? Who are you going to be salt and light in their life? Could be lunch. You take a look at the bulletin, the pink portion where you do the notes. It says, who will you invite to lunch? It was right when you get home, right? Pray about it. Maybe you can meet up for coffee. Who are you going to invite to church? You know, a lot of times people, if they actually could make it here, they would say, this is pretty cool. Just like Alpha, right? Hey, if just Jesus is like this, I can be down with that. But a lot of times it's hard to get them here. Invite them to lunch. Invite them to church. And then finally, to Alpha. And in closing, I went to visit my brother's school when he was going to school up at Biola in Talbot in L.A. This is a few years ago. And I noticed on the library, on the outside of the library, there's a big lettering that says, I am the light of the world. Who said that? Jesus said that. Everybody walks by the library. Wow, that's awesome. I am the light of the world. Big, bold letters. And went in the library. I don't know what my brother's doing in there. He wasn't studying. <laughs> I go inside, hanging out with him. And I'm coming back out of the library. And I see the words, before you leave the library, it says, You are the light of the world. As we leave this place, just like leave the library, remember, Jesus has called you to be salt. He's called you to be light. His light lives in you. Jesus died on the cross for you. He wants you to go ahead and follow him. And as you follow him, the light of life comes within you and it'll shine for the world to see. But you've got to let your light shine. Amen? And we're just going to pray. We're going to close today with prayer and asking God to lead us. Asking him to help us to be salt and light. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we thank you that uh, you give us a charge this morning. You give us uh, the dose of reality. You don't want us to be flavorless salt that just blends in anymore. You don't want us to hide our light. God, you want to go ahead and let it shine for others to see. We know it's not a lack of, uh, it's not a, the darkness is so great, it's just a lack of light is the problem. And so Holy Spirit, come we ask that you would go ahead and empower us, that you would go ahead and make something well up inside of us. Give us creative ideas. Give us the power to live for you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to follow you and help us to bring others along with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a great Sunday. Thank you so much. There's uh, food, drinks, and everything. And uh, we will see you next Sunday.